Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Episode 32 of Social Suplexes Podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. I am your host, Floyd Johnson, and with me today is Amy. Oh, how you doing? Hey, Floyd, how are you? I'm doing so great. This was such a fantastic week for wrestling, and I cannot wait to talk about it with you. Yes, when me and Amy are on, I feel like... The positivity is always hovering around 60 to 80 percent. But when me and you are on, it's like 100 to 105 <laughs> percent. Like, I've actually had a friend tell me she's, that he's like, you're almost too positive. And I'm like, <laughs> well, and then this was before the shows had started. And I'm like, what's there really to be negative about yet? And I was like, well, I'll be negative when it's time. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but it just wasn't time yet. But uh, yes, um, we want to start the show before we get into it because we got a big show this week. I want to start by reminding you this episode of All Things Elite is brought to you by Power Slam TV. Power Slam TV, where you get access to over four thousand hours of content from over one hundred and ten of your favorite wrestling brands from countries all around the globe, right onto your laptop and mobile device. If you use the code Social Suplex, you get the first month free. And I'm going to remind you at the beginning of the show, remember, uh, no matter what podcast uh, app you're using, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Podbean, Google Podcasts, make sure you're following the Social Suplex on that and all the shows from the Social Suplex, including uh, Keeping It Strong Style and One Nation Radio. And if you want to, and it looks like this is just personal for me, there's this cool new show about four episodes in called Amy and Andy Enjoy Wrestling, AAEW for short. Uh, definitely uh, make sure you follow and you listen to them. It is such a super fun conversation. Amy does not ask me to say this. She most of the time, she really, oh, yeah, two times we've done it. She doesn't even know I'm saying it, but you should be following that show. 
Well, I really appreciate it. And like you just said, I'm grinning and laughing here because I literally had no idea you were going to do that. I'm sitting here like, oh, man, you guys, when you listen to Social Suplex and Keeping It Strong Style and All Things Elite, if you feel so inclined, you should give us a rating and a review because those are fun and everybody loves great ratings. But then you come in and throw that out, too. And that's just that's so kind of you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Dude, uh, and, you know, and, and it's like one of those things I have, like a lot of my friends do podcasts and I'll listen to them and then I will never say anything. They won't even know I listen to them because they're not very good and I don't want to tell them that. I am a positive person, so I'm, not, and you know, I'm pretty sure my first few podcasts that I did weren't very good. They just, you know, I'm not used to talking into a mic. I'm kind of loud at times, and I imagine they weren't good. And my friends listened to the show, and they didn't say anything. And I love them for it because, <laughs> you know, unless it was good. But there was a lot of people I knew that listened that just didn't have a comment at all because they probably didn't enjoy it. But when I actually like something, and as you can tell with AEW and anything else I like and my football teams, I'm pretty much a cheerleader for it. That's just kind of my personality. And I really like your show. It's like one of my favorite shows very quickly. And it's like, it's not just because I talk to you, you know, it's like, no, it's like I listen to, I've listened to ever since we started doing a show together, those Dragons Den show. I've listened to that show and it's just like, and I enjoyed it, but it wasn't like, oh, you're this show that you do with your husband is fantastic. It's like one of my favorite things. I tell you, I listen to it as soon as it downloads to my phone. So I know I'm not supposed to spend our whole show putting over your show, <laughs> but I, I am like, this is just an honest feedback of how much I like your show. Oh, man, I really, really, really appreciate it. It is a lot of fun. And, you know, to, to, to just put a quick word about, you know, podcasting in general, like it's such a, a learning curve. It takes so much to speak into a microphone and just have your words just going out there. And it takes a lot of time and practice to get to a place where you feel like you're doing it. And, you know, that's why I love our show with All Things Elite is that every time I come on, you know, we're having a great conversation before we go. Before we even went on the air, we were like, oh, my God, okay, we, we need to start recording because we're having so much fun just talking about AEW, talking about the shows, talking about what to look forward to. And that's the kind of flow that's just really fun to get into when you're having fun and enjoying yourself. That's when you've hit those magical moments. So thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it, Floyd. Yes. Uh, yeah. Like uh, it's the most natural, I, it's like I said, most natural conversation I've heard. I'm like, I listen to a lot of podcasts that try to sound like podcasts and they're great. I'm not saying anything's wrong with that. Sound professional, get your information out there, that kind of thing. But yours is so different than that, that it makes me want to listen to it like now. <laughs> because I don't feel like I'm like listening to, you know, it's like, it's like, I don't feel like I'm listening to something. It's just, I'm there with you and I'm doing my work and it's, it, it's there and it's just, we're just all together. Yeah. We're just friends hanging out. Just yeah. like when we go to StarCast, it's that same feeling where it's like, come hang out with us. Like we'll, we'll get a couple drinks. We'll just hang out. We'll talk some wrestling. That's yeah. how it goes. Looking forward to, <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to StarCast, uh. I'm looking forward to uh, StarCast Baltimore this year. Uh, they just, uh, just for everyone to know, they just put a lot of their meet and greets on sale. Uh, Cody, the Young Bucks, Aubrey Edwards is doing a meet and greet. 
So I am definitely, I definitely got to do that one. You can meet the, uh, you can meet the at first AEW or the inaugural AEW Women's Champion Rio. So definitely go to StarCast.com and check that out. Oh man, I cannot wait for StarCast Baltimore. StarCast is so fun. It's one of my favorite things to look forward to now because you get all of these really great shows. You get all of these really great meet and greets. And you get to hang out with your friends on Twitter and hang out with wrestlers. Like, my husband was playing Magic the Gathering and talking to Brian Pillman Jr. And um, this StarCast at Baltimore, I'm going to be um, hanging out a little bit with um, Nyla's wife, who's really sweet. We've sort of become friends on Twitter. She's just one of the loveliest people I've ever talked to. So I'm really, really excited to hang out with her. But... That's kind of the thing is that you just go and, and you have all of these events that sort of act as a foundation or a magnet that brings you all there. But then once you're there, you're family. Pretty sure that's a slogan for somebody, but <laughs> it's That true. is Olive Garden when you hear your family. <laughs> all right. So StarCast <laughs> is like the Olive Garden of, of wrestling, but better because it's really good. <laughs> Oh, that is me and my wife's. That's where we went on our first date, Olive Garden. And that's kind of our restaurant. That's (laughs) so sweet. So there, when you're here, you're family. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, (laughs) It's like, I don't even think they have, have they announced a, a lot of stage shows yet? No, they haven't announced stage shows yet. They've yeah, been I, announcing appearances, but not necessarily stage shows. Yeah, that's what I'm like. It's like, you know, a lot's going to happen over the next three weeks as we get closer to there. Or, yeah, yeah, look, yeah, it's a little under a month. So a lot's going to happen over, over a little under a month away. And uh, the cool thing, like I said, a lot of WCW legends, the great Muda's doing a rare American appearance. You can definitely meet NMJF if you're willing to pony up the 150 bucks to meet him. <laughs> um, yes, it, it's it's funny. I was uh, we're gonna get to the AEW more stuff, but it's like I have my AEW turnbuckle pad, and I've literally had everybody sign it, and it's amazing. And the people I don't have, don't have signed is Mox, who I bought his meet and greet, Jericho, which I figure we'll get eventually. And um, one of the people I don't have is MJF. I am so afraid <laughs> that he's going to do something to my turnbuckle pad. Oh, no. I don't yeah. think he'll do anything to the turnbuckle Dude, pad. No, he's like like throwing stuff across the room. <gasps> I think he might just sign MJF real big across the whole thing. Oh, good. You're right. <laughs> I don't have anything redeeming to say. I mean, like, I would think that if you spent 150 freaking dollars for a meet and greet that he would be considerate enough to not do that. But, like, it's also MJF. So you really don't know what you're going to get. And you kind of just have to be okay with that. Like I and like I said, I I love them. Don't get me wrong. And I I like like the first time I always tell the story of the first time uh, I met him and he just basically insulted me for about two minutes. (laughs) <laughs> and and it was great, but I just like don't mess up my turnbuckle pad. I'm like seriously, it's probably if you think about what I paid for each autograph, it's probably about two grand in that turnbuckle pad. 
Well, and it's also priceless sentimental value. I mean, having oh, yes. a turnbuckle pad yes. signed by everyone in All Elite Wrestling is huge. Yes. So, yeah, and you, you almost don't want to yeah. say, don't mess it up, because the second you say, dude, don't screw this up, you know he's going to do it. So, like, you got to figure out, like, maybe you yeah. could have him sign something that's like an iron printing thing, and then you can just put it on the turnbuckle so that you can transfer the ink over onto it? I don't know. <laughs> oh, you know what? I think I'm going to get a note from Cody. There you go. Because I meet That's Cody first, get a note from Cody to not mess up my turnbuckle That's pad. That's a really good idea. <laughs> Actually, no, seriously, you should do that because then you can frame it right yes. next to your turnbuckle pad. Yes. I was like, Cody, I need you to write a note to MJF to <laughs> like not mess up note. my turnbuckle pad. <laughs> I love that. That's a great idea. <laughs> I know he's the salt of the earth. <laughs> but yeah, no. No, he's uh he's great. I, I love their relationship. It's you know when uh people have always talked about um talked about uh having intricate storylines in wrestling. If you pay attention to Cody and MJF, it's one of the best storylines because there's never been anything like it. Yes. Well, nothing that I can really remember where it's just like one guy is completely hates people and despicable and one guy is like the face of the company <laughs> and it's like, oh, but yeah, how are y'all friends again? <laughs> but like he's, they're really good friends, yes. and, but he's, their, their friendship is just as strong as MJF's prickishness. Yes. <laughs> I, I really, really love it, and I love what they've been doing to toy with this, and I know we're going to get into talking about this as we review Dynamite, but it has been delightful to see the sort of twists and turns that they've been taking, both in big ways and in small, subtle ways, like on Being the Elite, for example, or in the show itself, to sort of play with that dynamic, and wh whatever they decide to do is going to be massive when they finally pay it off. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, hey, Ella, you are the captain of this ship. Lead us <laughs> through the show, ma'am. <laughs> All right, my man, let's talk about the news of the week. Before we dive into AEW Dynamite and before we review the AEW Dark matches from last week, so we saw those on Tuesday, um, let's hit into the ratings. So the ratings came out for this week's AEW Dynamite. And on TNT, they hit 1,018,000 viewers, plus 122,000 viewers on True TV, which comes to a total of 1,409,000 viewers last week. Well, okay, they, so it's like... It, 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 they lost three hundred, roughly three hundred thousand viewers this year, this week. Yes, but at the same time, we've got a situation where you've got baseball playoffs that were going to be running into the show, and there was a confusing situation where you weren't even sure where you would be able to watch it, when you would be able to watch it, and now you've got to kind of tune into this other thing to be able to watch it. I I'm really interested in seeing how things look once baseball's over, because like yes. I don't watch baseball. Yes, <laughs> so. I don't either. Actually, baseball annoys me. Uh, but yeah. um, I actually watched on True TV. I was one of the 122,000 because it depends on oh, – I go to work. I'm driving to work, 
in that two hours before the show, between like five and seven, I'm getting to work, getting settled and all that stuff. The last I heard is that the baseball game was probably going to go over and that the show was going to start on true TV. So I even, even from the all things elite site, I even said, well, I guess tonight it's AEW on true TV. And I got a bunch of people <laughs> replying like it's on TNT. And I'm like, well, I'm watching true TV and I see it. So I'm going to stick here and, you know, stick here and watch it. And I watched it on true TV. So that should tell you how much backing this show has that TNT was willing to, you know, basically put the show on two channels. Yeah, absolutely. I and mean, then the fans that went to the two channels <laughs> to watch it. Yes. I mean, you know, they have regularly scheduled programming for True TV. To them, AEW is more important than anything else they had on during that time. You have to think about, like, not a lot of channels, you know, like... This is not just like, okay, we're going to give you this two hours on Wednesday night and hope it works out. TNT is doing everything they can to make AEW successful. Which is really smart because I have, I don't know what numbers they were banking on initially. If it was, I think, you know, in the 700,000 ballpark or whatever, but whatever number they were banking on when they signed this contract and they made this deal for all elite wrestling, for all of the, uh, the media pushes, the advertising, you know, the appearances and everything else, this has far out like exceeded everyone's expectations as, as to how AEW is going to do. And, you know, those were generous numbers like, oh, wow, it'd be really great if they could do, you know, um, 700,000 or 800,000 or whatever. That was like a dream. And now you're hitting one million plus two weeks in a row. That's a huge deal and a huge success for TNT and All Elite Wrestling. Yes, um, a million. I, I mean, if they do a million, I would like to see steady growth. But if they stay over a million for like let's say the rest of this year and you know and continually grow, I mean that's what you want. Uh, and and, it, and if you talk about if a show is how great the show is uh, makes the ratings for the next week, oh wow, we're we're gonna see a big number next week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, and also it, it speaks to the fact that the shows themselves, the first one, of course, was going to do really well because it's the very first one. But this show, as we'll get into, felt like a pay-per-view. It felt like we were watching a pay-per-view show. It was incredible. And it looks like next week is going to be the same. Yes. Uh, to use words I used next, last week, we are very happy with the ratings. But all you fans, especially people who listen to this show, stay vigilant. Keep telling your friends. Keep telling everyone. Uh, they say only 5% of the world is on social media. So I know you tweet and retweet, but there's a limited amount of people there. I'm talking talk to your friends, family, that, you know, you used to talk about wrestling with that don't really watch it anymore. That's all. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not I'm not talking about being like Joe. I'm not talking about like being like the religious people that show up at your door. I'm talking about <laughs> if you know people that watched wrestling at one time and have fell off, tell them about AEW. So I'm not, yeah, I'm not trying to print out flyers and crap. I'm just saying, hey, you know people like that? Tell them about it because 
First of all, you're doing them a favor because it's a great show. Second of all, it helps it helps the brand, and we want the brand to be around as long as they can. Yeah, well, and honestly, the biggest part about what makes AEW successful is the fans. I mean, yes, there's a ton of money in it. Yes, there's TNT, and yes, you know, there's there's all of the shows and the travel and the tours and everything. But the heart of what makes AEW successful is the thunderous arena filled with fans. When we're watching these shows and we're hearing these voices that are so loud that they're shaking our windows. And when we're standing up in our living room and we're, you know, screaming and yelling and like reacting ourselves, that is what keeps this going. And that's what's so thrilling and exciting to see with AEW. And it's also exciting to see that with NXT too. And I know that NXT ended up taking a loss in numbers this week. They ended up at 790,000. And I know that that had a lot of fans worried. But the thing is, is that AEW and NXT both, what they have in common is a very passionate fan base. NXT fans are thrilled with the shows, just like takeovers. I mean, before AEW, takeovers were my favorite shows to go to right along with New Japan shows and now AEW shows. That kind of energy is what carries these shows to be something special, to be something momentous, and to be something worth paying attention to. So that fan base, you know, when we're looking at these numbers, okay, like, we have little bumps in the road here and there. If AEW takes a dip, they're going to have bumps in the road here and there too. But man, that fan base, you keep that consistent and loud, that's where your power is. Yeah, definitely. I, 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 there is All I can do is agree with that because it's, it, it, it's funny. Every time I doubt it, uh, every time I people ask me an estimate, my number's always low. But I forget that the base, the foundation of AEW, the strength of AEW is their passionate fan base that is out there telling everyone. Uh, you know, you know, and just to throw out some names, people like our co uh, co host Tiffany and Issa and Sydney and all the people, my friend Owen, who's followed the Young Bucks forever. It's just that fan base is always gonna give them, always gonna give them like at least. Like, their floor is always going to be very high. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's, it's again, like you said, people talking about it. Like, my friend who plays Magic the Gathering, she and I have been talking about All Elite Wrestling a few times now. And that would not have happened if it weren't for, you know, the bridging of the communities of, Mat- of uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> not Magic the Gathering. Dungeons and Dragons and All Elite Wrestling. So, you know, it's just it's finding these different ways to connect with people and just sharing in the fun of that. It's kind of like our show, right? Like we share in the fun of what we're watching. And that excitement is contagious. And when you're sharing that in a sincere way, you know, you never know what's going to happen with it. Yeah, and I wanted to actually share a post from Ron Funches about ratings. And Ron is a comedian, hardcore wrestling fan. He has been at almost all of the AEW shows. I think he missed all out, but he didn't. He even threw uh, like a a watch party at home for it. And he uh put like I hate when people talk about ratings. Uh, everyone knows that the first week. And like everyone knows that the first week, I'm looking for the exact post because I don't want to praise paraphrase him uh, because you know 
he, he it, the way he put it was really good. But he's like, everyone knows the first week is a spike. Your actual, what you expect your audience to be week to week is what you get in the second week. So this million viewers is the base. And if that's the base, the base of AEW, and only using it as comparison because there is a show on that is that does wrestling at the same time, the base of AEW is what the height of NXT was. That's incredible. Just think about that. The highest rating the NXT has gotten, I think, was one round one point one. The second wow. week, uh, I mean, that was that for NXT was one point one. The second week of AEW, when they took their first week hit, was one point one. So wow. So you think about that. I mean, honestly, and this is like I said, no slight. Absolutely no slight to NXT because I watched the program right after and it was a great program, but but they have a long way. They're going to have to come up with something. It's going to not. I don't think it's going to be the main bringing the main roster people to it. It's going to be a storyline because I think that's what's going to keep AEW strong is their storylines. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, NXT has great wrestling. They have great people on their roster. And they also have a lot of people who passionately care about NXT just as much as Cody Rhodes passionately cares about AEW. You know, Johnny Gargano passionately cares about NXT and practically carries that brand on his shoulders along, of course, with Adam Cole and Matt Riddle. But Johnny Gargano, to me, when I think of NXT... That's, you know, the first name that I think of is people like that. And, you know, with NXT, when you have that kind of talent to put on incredible matches, you've got Mauro Ranello on commentary, who's an absolute legend and automatically hypes everything up just from the sound of his voice. The next key ingredient you need there is consistent storytelling, something that brings you back in every time. And I will say, as uh, somebody who loves takeovers and um, doesn't really regularly watch NXT on a weekly basis. That was always the one thing that I found a little lacking in it when I would come in before and after takeovers and then kind of drop off was this lack of consistent storytelling. And I know that they've done it with people like Gargano and Ciampa, uh, Candice and Shayna. I know that they've had them there, but they don't have them there consistently around a lot of people and i think that that's something that they can really build upon if they start treating their shows as building them up to something momentous i think that'll really help them out yep i i completely agree um i mean honestly and, and this is again no slight to them moving to thursdays would help there's no other wrestling on thursdays that's true actually that is very very true and you know uh, and i would watch it every thursday without a doubt I just, it's just one of those things. It's like, I, I, I said this on another show I do, but it, it the best comparison is, I, I consider WWE versus the Ron SmackDown, Kellogg's cereal. Kellogg's is a name brand. It's great, right? But NXT is kind of their great value brand, right? And I'm not saying NXT is not quality. Nothing wrong with great value brand. Saves you money. 
tastes good, tastes similar to the regular stuff, it's cool. Well, when AEW's putting it on, they're General Mills. <laughs> I love this, by the way. Yeah, they're General Mills. And, you know, General Mills is another name brand. And you know what? You're always going to pick General Mills over great value if you have the money, right? Because, like, you got Lucky Charms. Yes. Like, why not? Yes, because <laughs> if you have the money, you're going to go General Mills. Like, So it's like Kellogg's General Mills and then great value. And it's just like Tony Khan and his dad are putting all of their force behind AEW. NXT is the third show. It is the third priority in the WWE's mind. AEW's production value, uh, the arenas with the people in it, everything about it looks better than NXT. Cody, and and I brought this up again. Cody, let's talk about the first images you see from the show. On NXT, your first image was, uh, I believe, Adam Cole coming out. The champion, Adam Cole. Uh, He's coming out to... A smaller stage, well lit, about 200 people in the audience, right? Your first image on AEW, pyro, lights, uh, a a person rising up, not even talking about who it is, a person rising up from the bottom with smoke and fire with with his wife on uh, on his arm, which happens to be gorgeous, and they come down to this music, and it's this big thing. Not even knowing who they are. Just saying, if you don't know who either one of these are, who is presented as the bigger star? That's true. That's true. I mean, you've got pyro, and you've got smoke, and you've got fog, and you've got crazy music, and you've got a huge arena. (laughs) Like, yeah, absolutely. Yes, it's just like, if I am a guy that hasn't watched wrestling in a while, don't know Cody Rhodes from Adam Cole. They could be sitting next to me and I wouldn't know who is who. One guy just looks bigger. He's presented bigger. This is the show you should be watching. I would watch both because I'm a wrestling fan, but I'm talking about a person, a laps fan that's turning through the channels. He's heard about AEW. He's heard about NXT. And his first impression or her first impression watching the show. Which one looks better? Absolutely AEW. Yeah, and it's just like I'm not knocking NXT. It's just you're a one legged man in an ass kicking contest right now. <laughs> well, and so <laughs> <laughs> there there is an argument to be said about the developmental brand, right? So yeah. they're developing and this is how NXT has been used previously up until their move to usa which was developing talent for the main roster here's the thing though if they are set to be going head-to-head and are supposed to be competing head-to-head as they are um aew has a roster of new people of people who are very talented but in some cases, when they very first started were still green when it came to wrestling in these big arena matches in a giant ring and 
they are developing this talent and putting them over and they're busting their asses and working hard to be on this sort of big show stage. And that's not to say that NXT talent isn't also working hard because obviously they are. The difference, though, is in the sort of levels at which both companies are treating that developmental process. One of them is is more keen to relax and let that kind of take a while and, and build and sort of play and, and treat it as a indie developmental version of WWE. While the other is like, okay, we, you guys are great. We're investing in you for a reason because you're incredibly talented. Let's hone these skills and go. And that big show feel is something I think NXT could benefit from if this was something that they wanted to see continue to grow. Yes, and I, I mean, and that's what I'm saying. It's just, I to use an example, Keith Lee, right? Keith Lee is super talented. He's great on the mic. He does his own entrance music, right? Do you know anything about him? I don't know how much of NXT you've watched. I've watched NXT, and I don't know anything about him. I know he's a big guy that can do really athletic things, but I don't know who he is. As opposed to AEW, and again, we're going to talk about it in a second, Chris Jericho did more to get the four, the people in the ring of him over in one promo than NXT has done in shows. This is, this is the thing that's hard to ignore. I mean, you can love NXT as much as you want, and you can feel for the fans as much as you want. And I do, and I, I, I see on Twitter the love and the passion that people have. And I've been to the takeovers. I know how good they can be. They're really talented and really fun and really amazing. But that you're right, and that's hard to ignore. Like, I have no idea who Keith Lee is. And I'm sure that somebody will be more than happy to point me to some great matches and tell me what's going on. Kushida, he left New Japan and is in NXT. And this is my fault for not watching it, but I haven't been following it. There's not really something that's compelling and dragging me in there. I know he's going up against Walter. That's great. Walter's a giant guy who chops people. That's all I know about Walter. Like, yeah. there's just not enough there yeah. to sort of bring me invested. But... You're That's a, okay. You're a hardcore fan too. I'm talking Dude. about if you're talking about someone casual or lower. Oh my God, they have no idea who those people are. Yeah, none at all. None at all. <laughs> yeah. So okay. having well, and also with the like you said, the wrestling show feel for somebody who is getting back into wrestling, you expect this big show presentation, and if you get it with one brand and you don't get it with the other. You're going to go with the one that you see it in because that's what wrestling looks like to the person who hasn't been in it in a while. And that's fair. So because I think Undisputed Era is really cool. I think it's a great storyline. I think it's a great but they're not presented as a big deal. Dude, I love Adam Cole. He's got a slick chant. Yeah, he's got a great song. (laughs) I, I love Adam Cole. It's just when you're watching. He's just not like he's not on Jericho's level. You know what I mean? Oh, God, no. I, you know what, though? We, we Okay, so we got to talk about the show because yeah. no one is on Jericho's level. Yeah, All right, let's, let's talk about Let's dive show. in to AEW All Elite Wrestling Dynamite, this week's show that aired on Wednesday. What was it? October 8th, I think. October 9th? All right, 9th. one of those dates. <laughs> anyway, this was an amazing show that, to me, actually ended up even 
better than their debut show. This show felt like a pay-per-view show. The crowd was in it. They were thunderous from the get-go. I mentioned earlier that my windows were shaking. That was not a hyperbolic statement. They literally were. My dog started barking at one point because he thought we had a storm, I guess, from the rumblings of the crowd. I was leaping to my feet repeatedly, jumping up and screaming. I was trying to actually sew my wrestling shirts because I've been altering them. And I was like, oh, I'll be able to do this while I'm watching the show. Yeah, no, I got like five seconds into it and that was over with. And that's because AEW started the show with their tag team tournament match. The very first one between the Young Bucks and Private party this was a match that many people expected going into it that the young bucks were going to win but that they were going to put on a great show they were going to put on an absolute clinic they were going to put private party over but they were still going to win because they're the young bucks it's the tag team tournament the young bucks are the best tag team in the world right along with the lucha brothers this match had me leaping to my feet screaming, losing my voice at the beginning of the show. I had no idea how they were going to follow it. This was incredible. Floyd, what were your thoughts with Private Party and the Young Bucks and the incredible, suspenseful, storytelling, action-packed match that they put on? I fully expected this to be the match of the night, and it still exceeded my expectations. Uh, It wasn't the best TV show, uh, TV match I've seen this on Wednesday, it wasn't just the best TV uh, match I've seen uh, this week. It was probably the best TV match I've seen this year. Yes, like 100%. Uh, and my TV <laughs> match, I want to clarify, it is a show that has commercials and everything like that. It's not like I love New Japan, but they're pretty, uh, even their shows are more akin, even their smaller shows are more akin to pay-per-views because there's no commercials. So I'm talking about TV matches, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, those type of things. This was the best TV match I've seen this year. You know what? You mentioned New Japan. I would actually put this match right up there with Osprey and Shingo for the best of the Super Junior Finals. Wow. Wow. Yeah, see, like, and I'm not lying, dude. Yeah, like, see, that's personally my match of the year. And and this is coming from a person that was at Cody and Dustin, and you know how much I love Cody. So no, I I I think they tore the house down, and it's like in any kind of ratings you want to use actual in ring performance, I'd rate it high. Did it tell the story you're supposed to tell? I think that one knocked it out the park. It is like your goal was to get Private Party over. I guarantee you, if there's some kids that watch this show the first time, their new favorite team is Private Party. Dude, absolutely. I mean, you're sitting here. First of all, we've got the Young Bucks doing moves I've never seen before. And this is the second show in a row that they are pulling off moves that I've never seen from them before. And I've been watching them for, I mean, since I got back into wrestling. So... That was incredible, but the private party won. <laughs> private party won yes. over the Young Bucks oh, right. on the first night of the tag team tournament. They knocked the freaking Young Bucks out of the running, which A, showed not only just how good 
private party actually are because private party is an incredible tag team young bucks have been saying that since they signed them and i freaking believe it 100 percent now number two what a hell of an endorsement from the young bucks to go out on the very first night of the division that they're building themselves the tag team champion tournament for this for the company that they have started and to give that endorsement to private party i mean not only did they endorse private party by that private party endorsed themselves by the show that they put on that have us all buying into this party it showed you it said not only did it do everything you just said I, and I, all I could do was just repeat it, so I'm not going to do that. It set the precedent that anyone could lose at any time on AEW, and that's an important precedent. Uh, I will use the only major company we have as an example. I will actually use both uh, major companies. WWE, most of the time when watching the show, you pretty much have a good idea who's going to win. And a lot of people will check out if they know one guy's going to win. New Japan, there is a, except doing G1 seasons, there is a very clear hierarchy. You know what I mean? And it's just yeah. like you know who's going to win sometimes. Like at King of Pro Wrestling, this week, we know Okada's not losing to Sonata. <laughs> we know exactly. we know uh, Evil's not beating Ibushi. Right, but right. what AEW has done in their second show it says we're gonna throw all of that out the window in two, you know, and uh, in, in we're gonna throw that out the window. It started it all out with uh, Pac just beating Kenny Omega clean. I I don't think anyone thought Pac was gonna actually win that match. And then on the second show of television, the tag team, the flagship tag team, clearly the top tag team in your company loses to a relatively unknown tag team to the youngest tag team yes the youngest tag team and it's like only team they had beaten were in helico and jack evans who can't beat anybody so <laughs> it, I'm, I'm just saying if you're thinking of it you're thinking of it in a sports type uh in a sports type and helico and and helico and jack evans are like the Cincinnati Bengals, they're horrible. You know what I mean? So they haven't beat anybody, anybody. But, you know, now they're going up against the Patriots. And then yes. they won. So that speaks to actually a really good point. Not necessarily for the tag team tournament because that has its own sort of set of rules. But this is a great analogy for the rest of the roster and the rest of the matches. And that is that quality of wins matter it's not just the number of wins if you have a team going up against a team that loses all the time you know that's not going to be the same quality of a win as a team that goes after and beats you know maybe a five-time Super Bowl winning team on the very first try so that type of win is going to have a significantly higher quality and a significantly higher impact on that performer, whether it's private party or say Darby Allen, you know, if, if Darby Allen wins Jimmy Havoc, okay, that's great. But if, if he were to, for instance, go up against somebody like Jericho and beat him, that's a huge impact. So the quality of wins matters. And that was something that Cody Rhodes was talking about too, because 
as soon as they said that uh, wins and losses matter, you know, we're all out there with spreadsheets and we're all keeping track of them. But that quality speaks to a higher level, I think. And that's that's really cool to see here paying off in the tag team tournaments on the first night. And, 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 it's, and just like Tony and Cody said, it's truly going to make more a difference when each person has like 10 matches. You know, when you're dealing with people that only have like three or four matches, it is really difficult to say, well, this person has a better record and this person has a better quality wins. But like this week, they were like, well, why isn't Neville in the picture? And, you know, everybody's like, they jumped ahead. And I'm like, hold on. Unlike unlike other places at times you're where you don't get answers, I think they're going to answer your questions. And in this episode, they answered your question. But with, for a private party, it was huge. It was everyone was talking about it online. People were loudly exclaiming it. Tiffany actually called private party winning. That's amazing. Yes, That's so good. She actually <laughs> called private party winning. I thought that was awesome, and it set you know, and it sets the standard for the rest of the uh, rest of the. Uh, tournament like you have lucha brothers versus jurassic express later on in the tournament and you know me i had penciled in lucha bros just that lucha bros are gonna win well that's not really how this works it's not how this is rolling you know what i mean anybody could win and that is a thrilling thing to see yes and it's like yes there there is a hierarchy but you know, they got to earn it. So I, I definitely, yes, this match was one of my favorite matches. Uh, I can even honestly say it was one of those things. I tried to get come home and actually get my wife to watch it because it was just so entertaining, so high flying. That's kind of her type of match. She needs stuff going on. You know, she doesn't want to see anybody grab a chin lock or anything like that. So, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And, and like, and I was telling my friends, it was like, dude, uh, if you're, you've, I know I've been bugging you about giving a chance, and I know you've been trying to push me off. Just watch the first match this week. Just watch so one good. match, and if you don't, if you think I'm an idiot, and you don't, if this is not the type of wrestling you want to watch, you know, just tell me. I just tell me I gave it a shot, and I'll leave you alone. There you go. We'll see. And I was wondering how in the world they were going to follow this up because they just put on a main event level match a pay-per-view main event level match at the beginning of their show and i was like all right good luck to whoever follows that okay what music hits judas jericho comes out i'm like what the hell like i'm losing my mind again how why is jericho coming out right now what is going on with this show and before we get into what jericho did and and just the level of masterful magician work that jericho has I just want to say that that is what is so exciting about AEW is that I have no idea what to expect in these shows and they keep surprising me and they keep me on the edge of my seat and they keep me excited throughout the entire show. And that is what's so fun about AEW and about AEW Dynamite is that I feel like a kid on Christmas morning every Wednesday and it's awesome. Yes, it's it's the greatest thing ever. Uh, and I honestly give this to all wrestling. They have taken days that people dread. You know, got a case of the Mondays. Everybody hates Mondays. Hump Day, which is Wednesday. Everybody hates Hump Days. And with wrestling, 
when it's good, when it's really, really, really good, it makes you look forward to those days. When people would ask what my favorite day of the week, they'd be like, oh, it's a Saturday or something. I'm like Monday. Now my favorite day of the week is Wednesday. It gets, <laughs> it's like I just like want to hurry up through Wednesday. It's like, oh, let's get to Wednesday because the wrestling is so good right now and it's so exciting and i and i and and when i say this i mean that for both brands as soon as AEW was off i'm sitting there tweeting i spent about 10 15 minutes talking about it afterwards i went right to nxt and i really enjoyed that too so i'm just saying it's just wednesday is just a great night now absolutely man it it's awesome yeah um and so so we've got Wednesday here. We've just got this crazy match that we watched with Private Party and the Young Bucks. We've got Jericho coming out. Jericho is introducing his faction. He is introducing his faction with Sammy Guevara, Santana and Ortiz, Jack Hagar, uh, which I believe that's how we referred to Jack Hagar was Hagar. I'm rolling with it because Sammy Hagar is awesome and I'm, I'm keeping that. Um and himself, of course. And he calls them his closest confidants and then says that they are the inner circle. And immediately, Pro Wrestling Tease's website crashed. I think I was, you know, and I'm not, I'm not, don't think I'm special, but I think I was like the first tweet out about it. Really? Yes. I, I was like, dude, everybody's rushing to get these shirts because I can't even get to the site. Right. Yeah, it was madness. It was like all out tickets, all in tickets, double or nothing ticket day. Like they crashed instantaneously. And they hadn't and crashed in years. The no. last time they crashed was the launch of the CM Punk store. Oh, wow. So that was years ago. Uh, Mrs. Matt, everybody's like, okay, we're getting the site back up. We're getting the site back up. <laughs> and so they, so people could order the shirt. And I was just... I'm just like, I think it was about an hour before I could get back in. That and that was kind of constantly refreshing because I just wanted to be able to talk about it on the show. So I wanted to be like, refresh, refresh, refresh until it came up. So I could be like, okay, this is how long it took me to get back in. It was something like 58 minutes that it was just <laughs> down. So here is the masterful work of Chris Jericho in the span of five minutes. Okay. He comes out. And he causes Pro Wrestling Tease's website to crash for the first time in years. Then he gives Sammy Guevara a name of the sexy Mexican god. Then he gives Santana and Ortiz the backstreet brawlers. Then he starts getting, he hears the We the People chant when he gets to Jack Hagar. He shuts it down immediately sort of puts in a little dig at wwe saying oh that's a shitty chant from bad creative which immediately gets the crowd like yeah this is awesome and then he's like shut up (laughs) he basically builds him up as the most badass person in the company before announcing that they're the inner circle he starts running a promo against cody and dusty and dustin and the nightmare family And within five minutes, you've got Jericho getting just thunderous cheers, crashing a massive online retailer, building up a faction, completely putting over one, two, three, four other people on the roster immediately, shutting down a chant, getting cheered again, and booed all in the span of five minutes. And two things. First of all, you know, they talk about the rub. 
the rub is you use a bigger star to get over a younger star. There was no more better definition of that or better description than what he did for Sammy Guevara. He took Sammy Guevara from a no-name to a star. He even called him a teenage heartthrob. He yes. basically said, girls, if you're outside, you're out watching, you should be looking at him. He's a very attractive person. I say that all the time about Sammy Guevara. I, I think I say it maybe a little too much uh, for to be a heterosexual male. Uh, but he's a very attractive dude. Don't get me wrong. But uh, so that being said, he did more to make him in that sentence than I've seen with anybody on any other shows that quickly. Then, I don't know who gave him this point. Jack Hagar. Jack, yeah, Jack Hagar. We're sticking with Hagar. Uh, he focused and looked straight ahead the whole time, emotionless, like a Terminator. Yes. And I don't know who told him to do that. If that was his idea, if that was something they talked about, it his intensity level <laughs> was that whole time just made him look so strong. And he's so much bigger than everybody else on the roster. It's like he comes off like a seven-footer and badass. And then if you look at you know Ortiz and Santana the whole time, Ortiz is doing this like crazy thing with his tongue hanging out the whole time. And Santana is just, you know, looking there and he's got his gear on and he has this look on his face like they are killers. It wasn't just what Jericho was saying. It was the whole presentation. Every little thing everyone was doing made them look like so much bigger than they are. And they definitely look like a threat to their rivals the elite absolutely and chris jericho himself looks like a badass rock star like he is legitimately one of the greatest of all time and obviously a lot of people say that but like dude is the light of this company right now even as he's in the brutal violent darkness he is the light of of this company. I mean, you look at Chris Jericho, you see nothing but pure star power there. And it is thrilling to yes. watch. He this is, promo was incredible. He is the Swiss Army Knight for wrestling. You mm -hmm. want a hardcore match. You want a work rate match. You want to cut a good promo. You need somebody with a rock star presence. He checks all the boxes. And he's just, I mean, like when he comes out and he has that crew with him, you know who the focus of that crew is. But because they're with him, they all come off more just legitimate. Absolutely. It was freaking awesome. So after Chris Jericho ends up leaving, we get my one of my favorite parts of, of the show, which is then again, you know, the, the excitement is still continuing because then we kick into Jimmy Havoc's entrance theme. And you've got the drums, and you've got, like, the song, and you're just like, oh, my God, Jimmy Havoc's coming out. He looks like a dark badass. And then you get Darby Allen's entrance music, and it's just like, oh, my God, like, I'm, I'm so hyped for this. This is going to be absolutely great. And then we get a match between Jimmy and Havoc and Darby Allen. And it's, like, this mix of hardcore and brutal and, like, fighting spirit, to borrow, I guess, a phrase from New Japan unintendedly, but, like... 
these guys have all of that in spades. And this match, you know, it wasn't the same high energy as, you know, the Young Bucks and Private Party. But for me, it didn't need to be. It didn't need to be a constant, constant high. I need a place to breathe while I'm also watching an epic match. And this, to me, was that space where I was like, okay, I can breathe, I can relax, catch my breath. And also watch this great match between two great people. And then once again, by the end of it, I'm just so into Darby Allen that I'm just like, oh my God, this is going to be great. And then future implications of what Darby Allen could be doing dawns on me. And I'm just like, oh my God, this, this kid, Darby Allen is going to be a star in all elite wrestling. He's on his way there. He is going to be a huge star in wrestling. Yes. Um, let me tell you, the first time I heard about Darby Allen, uh, Everything Elite, another podcast, it's on uh, Voices of Wrestling that I listen to every week. Um, they are they love Darby Allen. They used to do a show called Everything Evolves, and they're big time about a uh, big time when they were in Evolve. Darby Allen was in Evolve, and he was a push commodity in Evolve. So they love Darby Allen. So I, I mean, I really didn't know who Darby Allen was, and I, you know, my education came from them. And the dude, seriously, willing to kill himself, and I and like for everything. It's a part of his gimmick, but it comes off a lot in the way he wrestles. That he is willing to do anything to win, which is freaking awesome. And I mean. This match was really good. I tried to tell people, and I've been drumming and marching along, that uh, that um, Jimmy Havoc knows how to wrestle. I, I've been saying, I was like, he's not all hardcore stuff. This dude knows how to wrestle. And I'm glad he got a chance to prove it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Darby Allen takes the win here. And now we're sitting here with a situation where you have this tiny death-defying demon who is hypersonic speed. He's not afraid of pain. He's actually, though, not only is he one of those sort of uh, <laughs> psychotically gifted wrestlers in how intense and reckless he is, very much like uh, the X Games with skateboarding, very hearkening back into that style, but he's also an extremely talented wrestler. But you have this tiny little death demon, and you have Judas the grizzled veteran monster that is Chris Jericho. And because Darby Allen won this match, he now has a title match with Chris Jericho. And that to me is huge because again, you have a situation where win or lose <laughs> going up against Chris Jericho, that's going to propel Darby Allen even further but just the match itself is going to be so fun to watch because they're both so similar, but on sort of the opposite ends of the spectrum of maturity in wrestling. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it is very much like the match that, he, I mean, what Darby is, Jericho's about to do for Darby. Cody kind of started and then Jimmy Havoc, again, he's working with nothing but veterans. You know, Jimmy Havoc, you know, uh, and Shima. He worked with Shima. Again, put him, uh, put him over, put him over, building a star. This is how you build a star. 
Absolutely. And Darby Allen, oh my gosh, I cannot wait to see his match with Jericho. This is going to be so fun. Dude. So good. The coolest, I mean, the end of (laughs) the show we're going to get to, the coolest thing ever. It's going to be so good. Okay. All right. So next match we have is a women's tag match. We have Emi Sakura versus, or Emi Sakura with uh, B Priestley. Versus Riho and Britt Baker. Now, this was really fun because we get to see the Joshi girls tear it up again. And I love the chemistry and the speed and the intensity of what they're showing of Joshi wrestling. When they get into these matches, they have very stiff kicks, very stiff elbows. Um, Riho is flying around like a crazy, unstoppable madwoman. And Emi Sakura, I love her. I love her Freddie Mercury getup. I love her We Will Rock You chant. I just adore her in every aspect. I really liked that she was teaming up with uh, B Priestley here. Again, who is also, um, I think, was the women's champion in stardom. I don't know if she's she still is currently. The, she is currently the stardom red belt champion, which is their highest title. There we go. So you've got a lot of stardom talent in this ring. Um, and it was a really fun match because of that. Now, this is where when we say uh, that even though this podcast is super positive, that when things aren't re- really clicking, that we'll talk about that. And yes. so that's that's where I'm going to go. Right let here. me tell you, I stole. <laughs> it was funny because I had planned to talk about something on this show. And then I listened to your show last night and like Andy stole all my ideas. Oh! <laughs> he stole everything I was going to say. Uh, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna say it anyway. Uh, I Go mean, for it. Is um, I am told Rick Baker is the biggest star in the women's division. I have seen nothing to drive home that point or make me care about Britt Baker. I gotta agree, man. If you want to keep rolling with this, go. Yes, I mean <laughs> it's like it's like. And the best person I can compare her to, and I tried to come up with my own comparison, is Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns looks like the guy, right? Yeah. He's got the look. He's got everything. He he should be the guy, right? But when he gets on the mic and when he wrestles, you're just like, eh. That's a very apt comparison. And it's like, yeah, I... You you should be great, but I'm not I'm not feeling it, and that's what it is with Britt. I mean, technically she's fine. I just have zero emotional attachment to her, like right. like zero emotional attachment to her. I saw Yuka Sakazaki wrestle one time, and I and I <laughs> like bought her shirt. She's <laughs> adorable though. Yes, oh my God. yes. I'm like, right. and she brought it to me. I saw. I, I literally saw Kylie Ray. I'll use her. She's now no longer with the company. But I saw her entrance, and I had an emotional attachment towards her. Never had seen her work. Had an emotional attachment towards her. Nyla Rose, her struggle, got some type of attachment to her. You know, of course, there's Awesome Kong. I could go through the whole roster. But the supposed biggest star in the women's division that's on the posters that's on the Britsburg pretty much at you know the opening one of the first women they announced if not the first the first woman signing definitely and I literally don't like sometimes I'm like why is she there 
even her he, finisher is weak. Because the worst thing is when you do a finisher, the same finisher as someone else on the roster, and yours doesn't look as good. So her and Pac effectively have the same finisher, except she grabs the mandible claw with it, and it's just like it's not on that level. And it's just like they're on the same show, so that that makes it worse. I don't know. I don't dislike Britt Baker. It's worse than that. I have no emotional feelings towards her whatsoever. Agreed. In, in, and in I wrestling, feel so bad about it. And in, in wrestling, totally that's worse. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would feel like better I feel if I hated order. her. Yeah. 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 I, absolutely. It, it's very similar to how I feel about the Dark Order. And I feel bad saying that because both I want to be supportive of the of the roster, but also... As a woman, I feel like I need to be with my girls and support the women's roster. And But, like, the reality of it is that, like, Britt Baker has the look completely. A million percent looks like a top star. She looks like Alexa Bliss. Like, outfit, hair, makeup, everything is on point. Like, she looks like a WWE women's superstar. Yeah. And she looks at the top of her game. But when she comes out, so I'll use I'll use this match as an example. She comes out down the ramp and she just kind of looks annoyed. And I don't realize that it might be, be towards Brie or B um, until I see her get down to the ramp. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, B Priestley's there because she just looks annoyed and she's kind of like talking to somebody on the side but it doesn't feel like she's stone cold yelling you know or becky lynch yelling it just looks like she's just talking to somebody like it looks like that there's something else happening in her mind while she's walking down the ramp and it doesn't feel like she's connected to the match and that's the thing is that there's not a lot of charisma there good or or bad like she could be potentially a heel and get super entitled and you know that would work for her because, you know, maybe that's something that she can work with, but there's not a lot of character there. There's the presentation of here's what a top women's wrestler should look like. And that's kind of it. Like the most interesting thing about her is that she's a dentist. And let me tell you, the whole dentist thing is WWE fired right now. They mention it way too much. Yeah, um, you know, yeah, she. It, it, I, I feel it, it, like it's a badass thing because she's a doctor. That's no, pretty freaking awesome. I, I do. I, 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 I commend her. Dude, I commend her. I think she is great, but it's the monster among men level. Yeah, agreed. I, and I think that when you said it, it was like Roman Reigns. I think it's very yeah, similar the to big that. dog. You know, yeah, you have exactly. to know she's a dentist and everything has to be a dental pun or a mouth pun or anything like that. And it's just, okay. Which I would be okay with if there was a character with it. Yes. And because it, so far what I'm presented with is here's what a top uh, wrestler, female wrestler looks like. And she's a dentist. Yeah. I have like a character, I have like a, a, a sort of bio bullet points with her, but I don't have anything that grabs me, that pulls me in, that connects me to her and her story. And it's not because, man, I don't want to, because I do. I was like gung ho with her when she was announced. 
because I remembered her in the match at All In, and All In was such a spectacular show and such a high of uh, never having done this kind of thing before that that was just excitement that carried over into her signing with AEW. I was still hyped for her based on that match, but after watching her, I'm just not connecting with her. Yeah. And I I don't think that that's something that's irreparable. I think that's something that could easily be fixed. Just like with Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose, when she first came out with AEW, you could tell that, you know, um, she could benefit from, from some uh, training and just kind of building up those moves. Now she's a badass. She's unstoppable. And I love watching her. So that's what I mean sort of when we we're talking about the developmental aspects of AEW versus NXT is that there are still people who are working on honing their skills. Yeah. The difference is that they need to do it. And I hope that Britt Baker is in a situation where we see her ride on coattails of already being pushed as Roman Reigns. I hope that she grabs the bull by the horns and runs with it and makes me care about her because I really, really want to. Yeah, I think heel turns the way to go. We we're through listening to your show and listening to Andy. Think heel turn. I think she carries herself like a heel. Her facial expressions is that of a heel. Like she she is better than where she is right now. Like that's yeah. what it came off to me. Like her face is like I am above all of this, and I think that that will come off better as a heel. I heard her I when I watched the show back, I heard her on commentary. Yeah, no emotional reaction. I didn't hate her. I didn't love her. That's the problem. I I, I and I hate to keep harking on it. It's that I literally don't have any emotional cares about her. And it's great because you can fix that. Yes. You can make me hate you or you can make me like you. Do yep. pick one. I don't care which one it is, <laughs> but you should do one of them. You should do one of them. I'm saying at this point in time, and I don't know if it's the the character development, but she's kind of forced down your throat, but not really telling you why you should care. She's tough. You know, I mean, shit, doing wrestling and going to dental school, man, that has to be hard. So don't. Not only just dental school, but to become a doctor. Yes. Like, you're not like a hygienist or anything. And I'm not disparaging dental hygienists or anything, but like, a doctor like medical school yes. <laughs> like that's that's crazy so i mean clearly there's you know there's a mindset there right an analytical mindset where she's she's got all the things there's an emotional element there and if she puts as much focus into that emotional element whether it's a, he's a heel whether it's as a face whatever the situation may be run with that tackle that with the same passion and we will be with you because we want to be but right now we're just not yeah yeah and i honestly can say i'm kind of low on the women's division in general because they seem to put so much focus in her and she hasn't landed oh my god give me more ally we'll talk about ally when we get to the dark matches yes but yeah give me more (laughs) ally all right Let's move on to the rest of this card so that we can then talk about, you know, Ali <laughs> as well. Um, so the next match after this, or I guess I should say, you know, we had uh, Britt Baker and Riho win this match. Britt Baker um, uh, tapped out Emi uh, Secure? Yes. 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 Uh, with and then went after B Priestley again. Or B Priestley went after her, and then Aubrey Ed- Edwards separated them, and they, they're still building with that. Uh, yeah, I um, love Aubrey Edwards posted a picture, and she's like, "Why people? Say, you know, when people ask me why I work out so much, and it shows <laughs> exactly. her separating them." 
<laughs> Dude, she's a badass. I, I love. I, her. I can't wait to meet her. I, I really she's can't so wait to meet her. She's so great. Um, so then we have John Moxley versus Sean Spears. So I don't quite realize that this is Sean Spears when uh, his entrance hits and mm-hmm. he's out in the dark and light shines on a chair and he's sitting in a chair. He looks like a boxer. And I don't quite realize it's him. I actually thought it was like Randy Orton or something. I was like, who is that? And my husband's like, dude, dude, that's the chairman. I was like, oh, my God. Like, he looked so cool. He's got a new outfit. It looks like boxer robes. He's got like this red studded leather thing that's hanging on over a hoodie. He's sitting on a chair. Tully Blanchard comes out with him. It's him and freaking Moxley. Like, how hyped are we for this match? We've got Tully Blanchard throwing Moxley into the steel chairs and busting his head. Like, ah, dude, tell me your thoughts on this match. Uh, The match was great, but I just want to say, again, to a point, Sean Spears is a guy that's not going to win a lot in AEW, we expect. Hopefully, you know, things change. But he's not presented as a person that's going to win a lot. Let me tell you, presented better than 80% of the NXT roster. Yes. He's presented as a star. Yeah. Even though they don't plan on winning, he got presented as a star. And then Moxley's entrance he comes out in the wrestling gear. Freaking dope. We got G1 Moxley, which is my – that's my we, favorite Moxley. Yes. <laughs> so we got G1. And this match was physical. And, and, you know, a lot of people will look at the result and see Moxley won. And that's great, but he gave Sean Spears a lot in this match as far as offense. Sean Spears led a couple times, you know. Again, sometimes doing the expected thing is just the right thing to do. And Moxley winning this match pretty definitively was the right thing to do, but especially what you're, what you're doing him in, in the future. But Sean Spears still looks strong. Absolutely. And I think that's the best thing about AEW here is that even in the losses, Darby Allen and Cody Rhodes, Sean Spears and John Moxley, everybody's coming over looking stronger and better and more star powered than they were before. I think with the exception of Kenny Omega and Pac, but that was because, again, they're building a storyline with Kenny Omega. Every loss matters, just like every win matters. And these losses aren't casting people aside. They're building people up, and it's fantastic. Um, I will say that I have one complaint about this match. I talked about it a little bit on Twitter, which was that they brought Pac out for commentary because they had an angle at the end of the match that they were going to have Pac be involved in. And that's fine. I get why they were doing it. I get why Pac was there because he was talking about his own storyline, the wins and losses counts, him supposed to be being in the title picture. All of these things were understandable. But with so much happening in the ring and with this having such a big match feel to it, it was completely jarring to have a completely unrelated story being told to the match that I'm watching in the ring. My brain was just like, I can't focus on either one of them now and like I I couldn't I'm gonna have to rewatch this match (laughs) because I couldn't concentrate on the match when I was concentrating on Pac's storyline and I couldn't concentrate on what Pac was saying when I was trying to watch the match did you have that problem too or was that just me you know I'm in this case I would say it was just you the one thing I loved about him being on commentary they addressed any concerns about 
the whole oh yeah, the whole he he is um how did Pac get switched over? I mean skipped over. They did it by saying, Hey, they they showed you it's a storyline. The storyline is Pac asking, How did I get skipped over? There you go. You got the meta question right there. Yeah, and it was just like it was so awesome that, you know, all you saw on the internet was people like asking this exact question and it was addressed. And it was addressed right. Pac is pissed that he got skipped over. He doesn't think he is the one that they want to be champion. He thinks management is afraid of him. That is perfect because it's building up Pac as even more of a badass. And Fair enough. When he gets skipped over the next time, it's kind of built in storyline. There you go. Well, and I think, like you said, they address it on the show. Yeah. So, like, you know, there are so many times with, with WWE and with New Japan, with any other wrestling company where we're sitting here going, okay, why did this happen? This doesn't make sense. Okay, no, but really, why? <laughs> like, why is this happening? And to have that addressed and be built into the storyline, it's actually brilliant. Even if for me, and maybe it's just the way my brain works, maybe if for me it was really hard to focus on the match because of that, I'm really glad that they did tackle that storyline in the way that they did especially because after the match was over and we've got mox getting the win here you've got pack going after moxley and i don't remember what the order of this was did because we also had kenny omega come out i think kenny omega came out first right yeah kenny omega comes out he has in his hand a broom wrapped in barbed wire and a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire. The cleaner. Yes. So they get to face off, and he just hands the he hands uh Moxley the bat, and he's like, "We're about to go at it." And then while they're doing it, uh, Pot comes up and just hits uh Kenny Omega in the back of the head with uh in the back of the head with a chair, and uh and just lays him out and basically leaves him there for Moxley. And Moxley looks at him, and, and he's like, no, I don't want weakened Kenny Omega. You know, I want Kenny at his best, and he just walks away. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, Moxley's not a guy who's going to want to take someone and kick them when they're down. He wants a fair fight, because a fair fight means a fair victory. If he wins over Kenny Omega when he's beaten down on the ground by somebody from a surprise attack, that's not really a win. If he wins against Kenny Omega in a legit full-on one-on-one match where they've been straight brawling, that is a win. That's a quality win. That's not a, okay, well, I won after somebody kicked him. That's not a heel. You know, he's not a heel. He is a badass. That was fantastic. Yes, and it, it was just, yeah, he's a loner. I, you know, I could see in the uh, I could see them uh, in the future uh, going back to that saying, uh, uh, going back to that, just saying I mean, he doesn't want to be in any, any group. He's his own thing. So, um, yeah, I, I like I said, just watching it, it was just completely a uh, very contentious situation. They are building up Kenny versus uh, Kenny versus Moxley very, very well. And I have no idea who's going to win that match. Oh, my God, me either. But it's going to be so fun to watch. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's going to definitely be fun to watch. I I can't I can't wait and Pac, Pac, Pac who what two years ago was uh, dwindling along in the cruiserweight division is just this big star and yep 
nobody cares how tall he is. You know what I mean? He is just represented it as of who he is, and it, it's working really, really well. Absolutely. And, yeah, and it's so simple. It's so simple. It's like what they're doing is just – it's so simple it's almost frustrating how simple it is because you wonder how other people can't do it. Exactly. Like don't <laughs> pigeonhole people into these little boxes and then that's it. Let them shine. Let their strengths shine. Let them be them. You know, it's kind of like how uh, – Matt Jackson had uh, answered a question, I think it was in an interview or something, earlier in the week, um, about whether they were going to divide uh, their roster into a cruiserweight or heavyweight division. He was like, no, like we're, we're not going to do that. I'm so grateful for that, because when I look at other wrestling promotions, WWE has a pretty equal heavyweight junior division, but they treat them dramatically differently. And New Japan has a very one-sided junior and heavyweight division when it comes to either singles where it's stacked more towards heavyweights or if it's tags where it's all juniors and they've got like two heavyweight tag heavyweight tag teams so when you have those imbalances it makes it really hard to use your roster in the most thrilling and efficient way possible really letting them and their strengths shine and the way that they're doing that with this is it's just brilliant i love it yeah i i, I absolutely love it yeah. All uh, right. So, we got the main event, right? Yeah, we do. We've got Jericho and Sammy Guevara versus Dustin Rhodes and Hangman Page. This starts out with two legends in the ring. You've got Dustin Rhodes pitted against Chris Jericho, and you're like, oh, my God, this is going to be crazy to see them go up against each other. But Chris Jericho tags out. He tags Sammy Guevara back in, and we see Sammy Guevara's strengths shine. We see him kick ass, but we also see Hangman Page and Dustin Rhodes both look like the stars that they are. This match was a lot of fun because we got to see the baby faces of Dustin Rhodes and Hangman Page shine. We got to see them just wrestle, look amazing. Dustin Rhodes is out there, and I just... I still can't believe that, like, he's a veteran, you know? Like, I look at him and I'm just like, I'm so proud to see him out there. It's such a joy to see him out there because I enjoy seeing Dustin Rhodes far more than I ever enjoyed seeing Goldust. And that's not uh, to dismiss Dustin Rhodes as Goldust. It's to credit Dustin Rhodes as who he is, where he hearkens back to Goldust, just as Chris Jericho harkens back to the many iterations of Jericho, Dustin Rhodes does the same, but you get it in this like new version of him that's just so exciting to watch. This whole match was a lot of fun. Yes, and you if you told me the guy in the red and black with the paint on his face was 35 years old, I'd believe you. I mean, they found the fountain of youth. I mean, he he looks like he's at his best playing weight. He does not look a step slower. I mean, I'm pretty sure somebody with trained, super trained wrestling eyes might see something I don't. But he looks just as good. Um, I feel like this this whole match was like, okay, make Sammy look good again. And I think they did a really, really good job of that. And a guy that was in the first match week one, and now he's in the main event week two with the world champion as his uh, uh, with the a world champion is as his uh, partner. I'm just saying, you know, 
he 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 stepped up his game. You know what I mean? You're showing the dividends. You're showing the uh, reaping the benefits of joining the inner circle. And, you know that, which is another part of the storyline. And then again, everything looked good. I actually like this Dustin Rhodes Hangman tag team. I mean, I just think it just looks good. They seem to flow well. Uh, you know, Dustin when he was young was pretty much Hangman. He he was and like you know he was son of Dusty, but he wore the boots, did the, the almost the cowboy type gimmick. They're very very similar uh, starts of their careers. Absolutely, man. And this this whole match was just a fantastic showcase of what these people in AEW can do and who they are. And you've got the storyline of the inner circle. You've got the end of the match. You've got Hangman Page on the outside of the ring. He's tangling up out there. You've got Sammy Guevara distracting the referee. Dustin Rhodes is going after Chris Jericho. Looks like he's about to get the win. But I think it was Jack Hagar comes running in and knocks Dustin Rhodes down. And then Chris Jericho comes in with a Judas effect and it's over from there. And at that point, you've got a good old-fashioned beat down where the inner circle is taken down Dustin Rhodes and it's at this point where you're just like oh my god like this is just one man up against all of these people hangman page comes in and he's like hell no dude he starts trying to throw out clotheslines but nope they've got him too because again you've only got two people in the ring up against the inner circle then you've got uh the Oh my gosh, it's Santana and Ortiz. I don't know if it's Proud and Powerful or the Backyard Brawlers or whatever their names are now. You've got them running out. And, and um, they are Proud and Powerful. Thank you. And their shirts will be called, they they, they, they called PNP and they'll have actual Proud and Powerful shirts out soon. So, okay. Uh, yeah, that's uh, they, it's been in their Twitter name, been in their Twitter bio. But they kind of just made it official that that's going to be their name. Good. Okay. So we've got a name for them. Awesome. So we got Proud and Powerful. They're coming out. They're running out. Everybody's piling on Dustin. And you need somebody to come out and save them. Who's it going to be? The crowd knows who it's going to be. We know who it's going to be. The crowd is chanting his name before the lights even go out. But the lights hit. And then instead of seeing somebody come running down the ramp, the lights come on. And you've got Cody motherfucking Rhodes in the ring, white suit, ripping off his tie, ripping off his cufflinks, staring down Chris Jericho. This was badass, dude. This was amazing. You're watching this show again for the first time. I want to say, who are the two stars of this show? There's no question. It's Chris Jericho and it's Cody Rhodes. The lights going out, that stance that he has when the lights come up, where he's staring at everybody. Like, oh, God, this is the do- – like, when the lights came on, this is the one motherfucker you didn't want to be there. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and he looks pissed off as yeah, hell yes. that you're fucking tearing down his, yes. his brother. And you're yeah. like, oh, hell no. It's about to go down. <laughs> yes. So – no, oh, this was great. No, so that's what I was just saying. It's just one of those things that it's uh, it, one of those things where it was like it was presented. It, it wasn't just what happened. It's how it was presented. Believe me, I've seen people run out for the save, but the like the stance, the look, the glare, 
Like, oh, he got his ass kicked last week. Now he's back this week. And it's yeah. And, you know, in essence, then he gets jumped by Ortiz and Santana from behind. And uh, he just jumps from Ortiz from Santana from behind. But it kind of evens out. Did anyone else come out? Yeah, because then, no, 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 dude. Okay, so Cody Rhodes comes out, right? He's tearing down Chris Jericho. Everything's going down. It's all awesome, badass, great. Santana and Ortiz come out. They jump Cody Rhodes. Chris Jericho jumps Cody Rhodes. Dustin's lying on the ground. Hangman Page is taken out by Jack Hagar in the back. All of a sudden, somebody comes running down the ramp, and that's MJF. Yeah, And he comes down to the ring and he picks up a chair. Chris Jericho picks up Cody Rhodes in a t- like sort of tree of woe position. But like, you know, he's on his knees and he's holding him up. And MJF is looking at Cody. He's looking at Jericho. He's looking at Proud and Powerful. What the hell is he going to do with that chair? What were you thinking at this moment? Because I was like freaking out here. My whole thought process. And this is one of my thought process. They can't be doing this yet. <laughs> Don't do it. Yes. It's like, it like one of those things. It's like one of those things I never want to happen, but I, I think it would be, I think it would be very uh, interesting if it never happened. But if it, you know, if their relationship continues, like, because you would always be looking for it. But the fact is that it's just, yeah, there was like a eighty, like a fifty percent chance that I thought he was gonna hit Cody. It was fifty fifty. I can't say I leaned towards anywhere either way. And I, my breath, I was holding my breath. And then, yeah, and then he he uh, he makes the right decision. He makes, he makes the, the right decision, and it is not hitting Cody Rhodes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> All right. So then, you know, you've got the the situation where okay. Inner Circle comes, they've they've won, they've dominated, but you know, they're splitting up for now because you've got you've got steel chairs now. So they get out of the ring. Chris Jericho's bleeding a bit from his lip. He's holding up the title, looks iconic as hell. He's talking trash to the ring at Cody Rhodes. And we still not done yet. Because now Darby fucking Allen comes rolling down the ramp on a skateboard. All he's off of the skateboard into Chris Jericho for another beatdown leading up to their match, which is just nuts. And then we close out the show with Jericho being taken out by this tiny death demon. And Darby Allen is now in the ring with the elite, which is now obviously an established faction already. But now it's even more so because they're against the inner circle. And Darby Allen is with them. And Cody Rhodes is looking at Darby like, okay, all right. But he's also staring daggers at Jericho. But he's still kind of looking back at Darby Allen because they got their thing. And it's just, wow, what a way to close out that show. Yes. The Darby Allen skateboard thing, as a person that could give a crap about skateboards, was one of the coolest non-wrestling things I've seen in a long time. Like, outside of the ring. Him just being in character, skateboard, that's the perfect way for him to attack Chris Jericho. And Chris Jericho's like, like, even if he saw him skateboarding, he's like, what the hell? Do you, why is this dude skateboarding at me? This is weird. 
And <laughs> and then next thing you know, he's on top of you, punching you in the head. And I love how Darby doesn't just throw head punches. He his his attack is just as random as he is. It goes head, stomach, 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 head. You know, he's just throwing fists like how you would in a real fight. You know, every every punch is not going to the same place in a real fight. You're just trying to hit them whatever way you can, and that's kind of how Darby Allen hits. Absolutely, and it yeah. makes for a fantastic thing to watch. Yeah. Their match is going to be dope. Yeah. Okay, so we've got this show closed out. It's in the books. It's an amazing show. Feels like a pay-per-view. It's spectacular. It got killer ratings. Uh, real quick, let's run through the dark matches that aired the night before Dynamite. On AEW so, Dark. Make sure everybody's watching that on YouTube. It had last, uh, and when I checked, I tried to do the 24 hours. It was at 512,000 512, views. Wow. Like, See, honestly, like, it's a great show. It felt like watching... AEW Dynamite. Those matches, the dark matches that they're putting on, are incredible. If you are on the fence with watching AEW Dark and you think, oh, it's just going to be like some house shows, nah, dude. These are legit awesome matches to see. So last week, we had a tag team match. It was a triple tag team match between uh, the Lucha Bros and Jack Evans and Angelico and Private Party and the Best Friends. So it was actually an eight-man match. (laughs) Um, Orange Cassidy also got involved in there. It was an awesome, awesome match. We also had Britt Baker and Allie versus Penelope Ford and B. Priestley. And we had SCU versus Luchasaurus, Marco Stunt, and Jungle Boy. So we also had Darby Allen and Shima, as you mentioned earlier. This was just an awesome card. Yes. And the dark matches after uh, Dynamite that we'll get to see next Tuesday are also an awesome card. Did you have any thoughts? Were there any matches here that really stood out? Because I know for me, Darby Allen and Shima were incredible for how great Darby Allen was. Plus, I just love Shima. The women's match, uh, real quickly, loved Allie. She is everything that I want to see in a women's star right now. She's got the outfit. She's got the look. She's got the charisma. She's got the moves. She is, to me, the top star in AEW's women's division right now. Um. Yeah, from the show, the four-on-four match reminded me of a New Japan starter match. You know, one of the first two matches of a New Japan show or under. I thought that was pretty cool. Everybody kind of got their thing in, and they told the story really well. And and Helico and Jack Evans are doing everything they can to get over outside the ring. And I think it's brilliant. If you watch everything they do while the match is going over, coming down to the ramps, everything everything like that, I think is very, very strong. They are they're you you need like a lower card heel team and they work in that role. Um B Priestley is just I can't wait till they just let her have her one on one match because she's really, really good and it's just I don't think she does tag matches well. She almost seems disinterested in tag matches. That's that's the I mean, I thought the match was good. Allie gives it her all every time she's out there. She's very entertaining, very good to watch. But it's just something, you know, I love B. It's just doesn't look like she cares about tag matches at all. Uh, and that might just be a part of her character. She might just be all about her. Um, yeah, um, I think the Lucha Bros are going to be the team in this division. I just feel like they they get pushed that hard. Uh, but the Shima and Darby Allen match, Again, 
Darby Allen's been wrestling a long time, don't get me wrong, but you see what they're doing. They're putting him with veterans. And when you see him beating veterans, you see him beating these long-established people, it makes him look bigger and, like, much more of a star. Absolutely, man. It's it's incredible to watch him. I'm, I really want to see every Darby Allen match now. Like, I, I get super hyped for it. Um, speaking of which, though, let's take a look at the card that we have for next week's AEW Dynamite. Again, I just want to remind everybody out there who's listening to this. This is a weekly show card. This is not Full Gears card. This is not All Outs card. This is not Double or Nothing card. This is Wednesday on TNT for yeah. AEW Dynamite. Okay? Yeah. yeah. We it's, have it. It's like week three. I mean, it's, I this is week three. This is crazy. And it's just like, it's escalating. And it's amazing. Oh, it's so good. So we're going we're gonna to start and then build up towards the main event, okay? This is where we're starting, okay? We've got SCU versus Best Friends for, uh, I believe this is part of the tag team tournament bracket, okay? Yes. Then we also have Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy versus the Lucha Bros, okay? Uh, let's just, just let that sink in. Jurassic Express, Lucha Bros, Dinosaur Guy, Jungle Boy, Pentagon and Phoenix. That's going to be amazing. Okay. Then we have an AEW Women's World Championship match with Riho and Britt Baker. And then we have an AEW World Championship match. We have two championship matches on this weekly show card. Okay. This is Chris Jericho versus Darby Allen in a Philadelphia street fight. I got chills, dude. How freaking hyped are you for this show? Um, this, like, uh, technically, like, the least match on this show, and I don't know, if, I think you said it, with the Hangman uh, match. Oh, I forgot about that uh, one. Uh, no, uh, it's Hangman. The, 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 the Like, the lower card match on this show is Hangman and Kenny Omega <laughs> against Moxley and Pac. <laughs> this is wild like yes no i mean and when you say last week was a this is a pay-per-view if you is. literally took these five matches maybe put two or three more with it and said that's what you're going to get for uh full gear i'd be perfectly fine with it yep honestly legit yeah and i'd be legit. perfectly fine this is a amazing show that we're getting on a wednesday and it's just like and they make sense. This is not them shotgunning matches to try to get a number. It this makes sense based on the stories they've been telling. Every single match. Every yeah. single match has had a build. Every single pairing has had a storyline. And I can all but guarantee you that this street fight main event isn't gonna be with, like ending in some BS non like DQ. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yes. we're not going to have a hell in a cell outcome here. Like, this is going to be legit. This is going to be a street fight. Not only is this going to be a street fight between Tiny Death Demon and Grizzled Demon Judas, but this is going to be a street fight in Philly, dude. Yes, and he said it. The pain maker. That's who he's getting in this match. He's getting the pain maker, Chris Jericho. So, now, you might see the little... 
lines on his eyes that he sported in uh, New Japan because Chris Jericho is very good at redefining himself, calling back things. He says he's getting the pain maker. You know what, though? If he's fighting Darby Allen, you can put on the Juggalo face paint, and I don't even care. Yeah, because it's, <laughs> it's, you know, it's kind of matching Darby it Allen's works. face paint. It is great. And, you know, you know, sticking with wins and losses matter. Britt Baker has gotten a pin in pretty much every tag team match she's been in. So she's earned the title shot for the women's match. Like Absolutely. I, I do want to see more one-on-one women's matches. Don't get me wrong. I think they do need to do more one-on-one undercard women's matches, but it's been two weeks, so I'm not tripping. Um, but when it looks that when you look at it, it's just this card's so stacked. It's yes. like there's no bathroom break matches. Nope. They don't. They don't roll like that. You better use the commercial because yep. they're coming back straight to action. Uh, and I, it was something I wanted to point out earlier, and I think you probably noticed this too. How well paced the show is. Yes. You do not absolutely. get bored. You no, no glazed over looks on your eyes. There's it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It was like everything happened in that first the first match and that first promo. And it was like forty five minutes into the show and I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Well, and also by the end of the show, I still want more. Yes. I'm left needing more. I'm left going, oh, my God, seriously, we're not going to get to see the dark matches until Tuesday? That's a week away. Oh, my God, I'm dying over here. Like, that's a great feeling to have. I would so much rather feel a desperate need for more than a boredom, lethargic coma. I will tell you this. It has driven home the last two episodes of SmackDown and the last two episodes of AEW and NXT have proven to me has driven home this one simple fact that two hours on a weekly show is enough absolutely one that goes over more than two hours is just you it's going to be hard to do yep absolutely yeah it's just i just don't want to watch wrestling anymore after the two hours you know what i mean i was like in this one it's like i of course i was pumped up and i wanted more but i was like i wanted more as in i'll wait till next week you know what i mean it's, it wasn't to the point where it's like, oh, my God, I need another hour of that show. It was like, man, that was great. It was done well. They they completed the storyline for the night. That's what I want to see, that kind of thing. And it's just, yeah, I, I just think anyone's ad doing more than two hours is asking for trouble. And that's, like I said, and that comes from watching NXT, SmackDown, and AEW. This has nothing to do with just it being AEW. It's just... Three hours is just too long. <laughs> I agree, man. I won't, so, again, we're looking at next week's show. You've got two tag team tournament matches. You've got Kenny Omega and Paige versus John Moxley and Pac. You've got two world title matches, women's world title match and the men's world title match. I'm going to leave it on this note because I think that words from the man himself, you can't do better than that. Cody Rhodes tweets, so AEW Dynamite this coming week is actual effing dynamite. Card stacked. Let's go. No one can say it better than that. He, he you know, he's my guy for a reason. Uh it's yeah, this is I I think as far as the in ring, I think it's going to be the best show. Absolutely, man. 
Yeah. I cannot wait to watch it. I can't wait to talk about it with you guys. Yes. And I cannot wait because next week I know our girl Tiffany, the heart of the elite, is going to be on this show talking about Dynamite. I cannot wait to hear it. This is going to be amazing. Yes. Uh, yeah, we had a really it, – it, it, it's, it's, it's fun and it's a really good week. And when you were on Twitter and, and you were on Twitter too, so I want you to give your thoughts. Did you see really any tweets about the other wrestling that was going on at the same time? I didn't see much about NXT until it was over, but the stuff that I did see about NXT was really excited and passionate. But my entire timeline was filled yeah, with AEW. That's what I'm like, and we follow everyone. I follow Izzy, uh, you know, the Bailey super fan. I follow, I follow Cody, her dad. I follow a lot of WWE people. I follow, have a lot of WWE friends. Nobody was tweeting about NXT. And it was just, it, it, it has taken over Wednesday nights in our circle, in my circle. I'm like, I don't think I represent the whole world, but in my little square of the world, all they were talking about was wrestling that was on TNT. You know, so I, uh, again, I always say stay vigilant, tell everyone about it. I don't think of them as you harassing them. Thinking of it as you doing them a favor because the shit's good. It is good. It is legitimately not rose colored glasses on. Good. Absolutely, man. And next week it's gonna be straight fire. Yeah, oh my god! It's just like yeah. It's like I was like week one, good. You're good. Week two, great. Week three, I I, I feel like uh, I might be uh. Going out of crazy, but that's it. We've covered everything. We covered the week, so I would like to leave you with this. Again, stay vigilant, and whatever you do, whether it's homework or school, always do your best to be elite.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.